Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. thing is until you can erase three februaries shut up Bang! quality over quantity lebron has beaten some of the best competition in nba history he's the goat emoji i will not cuss i will not cuss i will not swear i will not swear where sports is the base life and fun are the results this is the brian snow show And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this premiere edition of the Brian Snow Show. And I'm joined by a Cardinal fan. Arizona Cardinals, that is. She is the CEO of the Be Daring Foundation. We're going to get into that and a whole lot more, and we're going to have some fun. This is Michelle DeMuria joining me on this premiere edition. Good afternoon, my dear. It is great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So excited to talk shop with you. <laughs> well, you realize that team on your on your hat's going to get beat on Sunday because I they know. faced my team in the final. I know. Rounds. It's okay. <laughs> it, it, this, we chalked this up as a learning experience season. That, that's how I look at it this year. Uh, learning experience on what injuries do to a team. <laughs> yeah. And having the right and having the uh, the right people on your team. You can chop that up to that too. Let's start here. Tell me about the B B E E Daring Foundation. I saw the name of it. I loved it, and I gotta know more about it. Tell me about the foundation. So we are the first civilian mental health organization. So what that means is we're not therapists, we're not counselors, we're just your average Joe um, sharing our own personal experience with mental health. Um, as someone who was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder in 2017, I really took a deep dive into how I could help others like myself because, you know, I have a, an incredible counselor, but when I would leave my sessions, I'd be like, where do I go from here? There's no right. community for me to enjoy uh, being able to share my story with. So that's the purpose of this foundation is to create this community 
filled with um, sports and everything you can imagine wrapped up into one. And we're actually building the Bee University this year. And it's kind of like a leg of the Bee Daring Foundation. It's the first online mental health platform. And I'm so excited for it. It's going to have master classes. It's going to have events. It's going to have podcasts. It's going to have a magazine. So many different things all wrapped up to help individuals um, you know, should be able to share their story and be able to share their journey. You know, unfortunately, I am a survivor of suicide. In 2019, I attempted to take my life due to the stigmas that surround mental health. And I got to that point where I felt like I didn't belong here anymore. And so even though I wear this cap, I wear this cap because it reminds me that I'm just like everybody else that likes sports. No one would ever know I have PTSD because I'm wearing a beanie with the Arizona Cardinals logo. You'd think I'm an avid sports fan. You would never know that I'm a survivor of rape, that I'm a survivor of suicide, and that I've been living with PTSD since 2017. When I read that part, survivor of rape and your, uh, about everything about mental health, that's the that's those are the two main reasons I want to co- to connect because I too am a survivor of domestic abuse. Uh, that happened back in 2015. Got to diagnosed with uh, depression in 2017, and you know uh, I've been told so many times, and I know you have also. Um, there's no time for depression. Just you got to just get up and 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 keep going. And a lot of people don't realize. And I've shared my story on my morning show many times. I'll share it here. Two significant events led to my diagnosis, my diagnosis, the loss of my father and the loss of my daughter. And I lost my daughter when she was two. And when I had to give her up for adoption in 2014 and a year later, she passes away. That's tough. I mean, it weighs on me this day. It weighs on me to this moment. And not many people who survive PTSD, who go are diagnosed with PTSD, who are diagnosed with depression, who survive domestic abuse, who survive rape. And you're so right. There's not a community out there of just regular people. I mean, we have the counselors and they do an awesome job, but where do, but when you leave the session, no matter how long it is, where do we go? So I'm excited about this, about the Be Daring Foundation. I'm excited to, we, I, I met with some incredible people so far. I'm excited to work with you and others. And like I said, the B University is our main focus of this year. It's really honing in on six pillars for mental health. We've created six pillars that we've kind of structured based on my own personal experience. And you can pick what pillar to start at, whether it's the beginning or the end. And it's just about us coming together and sharing our stories and finding ways to help one another because right now mental health needs to be the forefront. And I pick athletes as my number one group this year because if you notice, a lot of people are dying by suicide that are athletes due to yes. the stress of having to be perfect. Well, guess what? No one's perfect. I mean, no matter how you look physically, um, you are not perfect. And one of the goals is I would love to be a civilian mental health coach for athletes. That is something that I specialize in because I look at, we're going to take the Arizona Cardinals and I watch them. And one of the biggest downfalls with them this season is their mental game 
it doesn't exist. It's non-existent this season. Mm -hmm. And you can see that when it comes to Kyler Murray, the frustration when he's hitting his helmet again. It's not him trying to be a diva, as some call it. It's him trying to figure out what is going on mentally, and he doesn't have that capacity yet. And I would love for all NFL teams, all sports teams, to have some type of team put together of professionals and civilians to help these athletes strive and be the best they can be. And the, the, the athletic field needs it so badly. You know, there's only a a trickle of folks that can help, help them out. Um, Even though we've been told so many times as fans, you know, they have the best help available to them. What if the best help, isn't the help that isn't the help that they need what if it's someone that they need that that's that's close to them and that's one reason i'm excited for this foundation you know being in broadcasting being in sports casting for as long as i have 27 years i've seen it on all i've seen it on all levels i've seen the mental aspect come into play so many times over and you don't realize you know the athletes are people too you know, as much as we talk about them and criticize them and break down the plays and everything, at the end of the day, they're people too, and they need the help just as just as much as just as much as we do, if not more. No, I agree, and it breaks my heart because when Kyler Murray um, injured his ACL, social media went on a rampage of now he gets to play Call of Duty. Don't mm-hmm. be that bully fan. Be the one that lifts him up, not break him down. Because mm-hmm. I get it. He loves his video games. I love my Marvel. Marvel is my go-to after sports. That doesn't mean, you know, I'm not a professional. You have to remember these individuals are human beings, just like the rest of us. They didn't come into this world as an athlete. I mean, imagine the money we'd save if we came into this world as athletes and doctors and lawyers. and Exactly. Physicians. We wouldn't be in debt. We came into this world as a human being. We're going to leave this world as a human being. Our job is whatever it is. And that's what people forget. Being an athlete is their job. It's not like they're doing it just to do it. It's their job. They just happen to enjoy. And yes, the biggest obstacle is the amount of money these athletes make. I mean, I'm sorry. That's a little ridiculous, the amount of money they make, but that's Mm -hmm. a whole other conversation. But I think part of that stigma is because they make that amount. People can't look past the dollar signs to see these individuals are really struggling deep within themselves one of my favorite athletes of all time is michael jordan and he said in his book and he said so many times over that it felt like there were eyes on his skin with so many people watching him and and following him on and off the floor if there is an example of an athlete needing and i'm not saying he did need it i'm pretty sure that he got the mental health that he needed, but think of the era that he played in. He played in the eighties where the stigma, the, the stigma, if you think about it in the eighties was just getting started. I mean, it's mm-hmm. overblown right now with the advent of social media, but think about the athletes that played in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties before the advent of social media and so much help that they needed to deal with um, being on, being off the floor and everything that they had, everything they had to go through. And no one was there. It just felt like to me that no one was there for them in the capacity that they needed then. And that's certainly true now. No, I agree with you. And I think it's worse now because there's this persona of you have to be the best. You have to be the best kicker. You have to be the best pitcher. You have to be the best hitter. No, 
be the best that you can be. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you can strike out once or twice or if you don't get that home run or that grand slam. Do it because you love the game. And I noticed that's a trend. People don't love the game anymore. Fans don't even really love the game anymore because there's right. that overcast of darkness right now because nobody knows how to go and enjoy the game anymore. It's You can't even be civil to one another. I love talking to my opposing fans, they're some of the best fans I've ever met, just talking to them and talking smack to them and saying, you know, it's so much fun just being able to have that interaction and be able just to feel like a human being in an environment where we all should have fun and not worry about what someone else is going to say to the other. Exactly. And I love talking to opponents of my team because at the end, we're all fans. Mm -hmm. We're all taking in, we're all taking in the sport. We're all taking in the game. And at the end of the day, you know, athletes are people, you know, they have lives just just as we do. I mean, we could sit and break down different games six ways through Sunday. But there is a part of me, especially with how the with how the athletes in many ways, and I'll go ahead and say it, are forced to operate. And you just said it a moment ago. They have to be the best at what they do. And the, the stigma is. You're a professional athlete. You're the best. You're the best at your game. You're one of the few people that get an opportunity to uh, to do what you love to do. All that may be true, but there is at the end of the day, if you're not the best, especially with the advent of social media, there is a cost to it, and a lot of it leads to suicide, as you mentioned earlier. No, you're right, and you know I have to speak about JJ Watt real quick. That man, I have so much respect for. He took evaluation of his life after what happened with his heart and yes he could probably play another three four years top notch but he took into perspective he's a father now he's a husband and he really dove deep with inside him and said you know what i get to leave on my own terms i'm not going to be wheeled out on a cart or in an ambulance or some other way i'm leaving this game on my own terms and i have so much respect for him for the way he's proving that you don't have to stay until your arm falls off so to speak you mm-hmm. leave on your own terms and you'll be respected a lot more. Yeah. And if you leave on your own terms, you know, that that just makes me respect an athlete a whole lot more. You know, Michael Jordan walked away three different times. You know, he felt like, you know, he still had something to prove when he came back to the Bulls in 95 and they had that three-peat. And, of course, the stint with Washington and everybody wants to try to tarnish his legacy when he walked away on his own. April 16, 2003, the last game of Michael Jordan's career. And Brad Nessler, who called that game for ESPN, said it best when he said, quote, Michael, it's been an honor to call your games and a privilege to watch you play. But a lot of these fans don't understand. It's a privilege to watch sports the way that we do. We don't even a lot of fans don't watch it for the love anymore. They just want to see what the individual does and not what the team does. You know, and that. And that gets on my nerves. That's kind of whack to me. I mean, you follow favorite athletes, yeah, but you follow teams as well. Team sports is what got me started when my dad would watch watch, watch sports with me. And the first team I ever loved was the 49ers because of, because of Joe Montana. And the athletes that played on that franchise in, during the dynasty years had a chance to walk away on their own. That's the, big, that's the biggest thing. And now you, you see them, yeah, they're doing things. And social media is involved, but, you know, the biggest thing, and you said it best, Michelle, they walked away on their own. That's huge. And you know what worries me is what happened on Monday. How is this going to change the mental health of athletes? I mean, 
that moment I started thinking, what can I do as a civilian to help? Mm -hmm. Because this is going to change the NFL in so many ways, both positively and negatively. Mm -hmm. How can we as a community come together and really deep dive into this conversation to help these athletes move forward? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I can't even imagine what that family is going through right now, what he is going through. And then the athlete that he, that he tackled, I can't even imagine what he is going through. So yeah. I, it's time for the NFL to really come together and put a plan in place and get these people their, the help they need and not make them feel bad for asking for help. You know, here's one thing that I talk about a lot. One thing I am a big advocate of besides mental health is men's rights. I've spoken about that so many times over. And what people don't understand is the men that play, the men that play the games, the men that play these, that, that play, that, that play the sports. You want to talk about a group of people that mentally have so much heaped upon, heaped upon them. The hatred that the hate, that T Higgins is receiving for making a DeMar Hamlin made a textbook tackle and B T Higgins made a textbook move because receivers are taught today. If someone's trying to tackle you drive through them, the whole thing was just a textbook case. And now you got people. And I want you to speak on this. You got people that are throwing all kinds of hate and death threats at T Higgins. And I don't understand why would he made a textbook play? Because unfortunately with social media, it's great, but it's also horrific because there's so many different outlets um, reporting so many different stories on what happened that people eat it up. Instead of taking a moment to to relax and, and grasp that information. I mean, the first night, one person saying this, one person saying that, okay, mm -hmm. we don't know the whole story. We're probably never going to know the whole story, but because of the fact that that the wide receiver was at the wrong place at the wrong time, they're going to blame him not understanding he's not the reason this happened. Right. It was a medical condition that just happened to occur during that particular moment of the game. And mm -hmm. until people understand that they're always going to cons they're always going to consider him at fault. He wasn't at fault. Wrong no. place, wrong time. Yeah. That's what it, that's how you have to look at it. Yeah, wrong place, wrong place, wrong time. And I'll say it again. It was a textbook play on both sides. Damar Hamlin trying to make the tackle, T. Higgins trying to break the trying to break the tackle. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it happened. And physically, people can break down how it happened. And you know, this didn't happen. The man suffered cardiac arrest. Damar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest, and they had to do CPR on him two times mm -hmm. on the field. You know, and I got so many you you have so many people saying, okay, will the game be made up? I don't think it will. It but they're still making a decision about that. But again, kudos to the NFL for this. Dealing with this situation on the fly for the first time. You know, what if what if this happens on what if this happens on the field? I'm reminded of uh, the great Daryl Stingley and the hit that he took uh back in the 70s that let that left him paralyzed. Uh, Junior Seau, who went through CTE, the first major case of CTE was Junior Seau, played, of course, with the San, with the uh, San Diego Chargers. A lot of stuff that the NFL have in place are because of the casualties of the athletes. Now you have an athlete who nearly became a casualty, but as of this moment, he is responsive, awake, and alert, and thank the Lord for that. And in the chat, I put the 
not only the cash app to help this show, but also to help Darvin Hamlin's foundation. And I'll do this across my programming for as long as necessary. But this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, because as a civilian, you've been there. You've done that. You've tackled that. I'm tackling that. My wife is tackling that. My children are tackling that. And when I went into when I went into surgery for cancer in April and to this moment right now, some nine months out, matter of fact, nine months as of yesterday, I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm still figuring my I'm still figuring my body out. You know, when I can get a nap, when I can when I need to be awake, when I can train to get strong and healthy again. This is the first time, first stretch in a while, I've carried less than 300 pounds. And I've done it now for eight months. There's a mental aspect with athletes and those who follow sports like you and I, those who cover it like I do, and with uh, my friend Jonathan Sofell, who covers the Lakers. There's a mental aspect to any and everything. And again, I'm so excited about the Be Daring Foundation, and I'm thrilled to work with the Be Daring Foundation. In fact, I'd love for it to be a sponsor slash advertiser of this and all the programming I'm putting on my network here because the mental aspect of this is not only good, but necessary. You are correct. And we would love to be a part of this however we can. Um, You know, I think the biggest thing is that people need to understand if you're dealing with mental health, it's okay. It's part of the norm. It's not something that's just going to happen one day and not the next. I've been living with it since 2017. There are days I wake up and I cry for no reason. There Mm -hmm. are days that I wake up and I am frustrated and I am angry. And there are days I wake up and I'm like, the Cardinals are coming on. They're probably going to have about 52 penalties in today's game. But that's okay (laughs) because at least I can enjoy my sports. Yes. You have to find outlets. Anybody watching, find outlets, whether it's music, it's books, it's sports, it's TV, cooking, whatever it is, hone in onto that positivity. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee your mental health is going to change in That's so many different ways. Man, since find I got community. in 2017, I've had to find outlets. Hell, I've had to find outlets well before I got well before I got diagnosed. One of my outlets is video games. And I'm talking about the the old ones. The old video games that I used to play back home, back home in Chicago. And all right, I know I'm going to date myself, but I wasted a lot of money and a lot of allowance playing this game right here. <laughs> Me too. I love there's that game. Like, there's nothing like a little Pac-Man to help get you through the day. And what a lot of people don't realize, old school games like that, games like, or games period, video games like that help you get through Jonathan mm-hmm. Mathis, my dear friend, the sports judge out in Los Angeles, uh, play play with your baby. Absolutely. You know, before I lost Donna, I had the chance to have tummy time with her and, and, and play with her. I speak to my children on almost a daily basis. You know, I, I, I reach out to my I reach out to my grandchildren. I text my wife, you know, every day to help to help get through. And when I mentioned when I mentioned uh when I mentioned video games, of course I mentioned Pac-Man, which this happened. <laughs> quite a few times and i also love i also love cartoons and anyone who knows me or knows of me 
and has listened to any of my programming knows my favorite character says this. What's up, Doc? <laughs> you can't go wrong with a little Bugs Bunny. You can't go wrong with old school cartoons. I'm a Thundercats. And my my current my current cartoon is Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm a huge Yu-Gi-Oh fan. I've got the cards. I watched all five seasons about ten times. You know that oh, Thundercats. The original Thundercats are my go-to from back in the '80s. I love them. Oh, Shira. Shira. And, yep. 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 Those were my go-to cartoons. I I love Super Mario Brothers. I used to play Spec Ops. Spec Ops was my other. Uh, go to actually was the first girl to beat that game in my family. It took me two I and a half it. hours, but I, I love, love that Disney. I love Disney. I am just music. I listen to all sorts of music. I've got about a hundred playlists that I just pull up when I need them from salsa music. Cause I used to um, compete in Latin and ballroom dancing. So that was kind of oh, one of my go-to back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Um, like I said, I, I'm a, a diverse uh, individual, but sports i've been watching the cardinals since i was eight and I love they it. are my pride and joy no one's going to get me to defer from the arizona cardinals i don't care if they're oh and 17 one season they are they are my 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 go-to team from here on out <laughs> you with the cardinals and me with the 49ers and the 49ers have had some some down years and you know i get teased all the time by my friends but they know it but they know what's going on there are two two teams in my household I'm wearing one, which is uh, my which is my wife's team, the Indianapolis Colts, and my team's the 49ers. And Jody did the sweetest thing for me. She bought me one of those lawnmower hats or a dad hat, as we call it, that have the 49ers on it. And she bought me a shirt for Christmas that had the old school 49ers logo on it. And she smiled and looked at me and, and she says, do you know how hard it is to find a shirt with the old school logo on it? I said, that is, that is great. Be and it is and it is great to have and, and surround yourself with positive people. That's the uh, that's one of the biggest points. And you, it's going to take you a while to find those positive people that are going to be with you throughout everything. And one of the positive folks that are with me is on with me Thursdays and Fridays. That's my buddy Wise Will Otero joining me. Hey, uh, hello to you, my friend. Um, and so let me acknowledge Scott Fox. He was the first commenter. He says, he says, authentic, real. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. And thank you, everyone who has tuned us in today. If you can help us out with a cash app for the program and for the network, that would be necessary. Look in the chat. Darvin Hamlin's uh, GoFundMe is also in the chat as well. Talking with Michelle Demuria of the Be Daring Foundation. The title of it alone, the first two words of that alone, Be Daring. You know, you got to dare yourself to come away from that stigma because mental health is a stigma that hits everybody at one point or another, maybe for a reason, a season or for a lifetime. And for me, I know it's a lifetime uh, going through some traumatic, going through some traumatic events, but you know what the fun part is with uh, friends like you and a foundation like yours, you get a chance to come all the way back from it, to strap on the headset and go on that 99 yard drive and beat the stigma you know, you get a chance every day to beat the stigma. And like you, I have days where I wake up in tears. And do I know the reason most of the time? No, especially lately. You know, and I give kudos to my wife because I'll start crying at the drop of a hat and she'll just put her arms around me and she goes, "What? what's wrong? What's the matter? You know, influences like that can really, really help people. Yep. 
you're right. I have an incredible uh, guy in my life. Uh, he's my best friend, and he is absolutely incredible, and I'm so lucky to have him. I, I've lost a lot of friends over the past mm-hmm. few years because they don't understand PTSD. They want me to, like, take a medication and get over it. That's not how it works, unfortunately. No, it's and not. until I really deep dive into my sexual assault, I think it's going to be a while before I'm back to the person I used to be. I'll never be 100%. Mm-hmm. I had back surgery in 2018, and that's what kind of sent me down that spiral because it was a result. My back got injured through my rape, and so mm-hmm. seeing those scars every day and being vulnerable really impacted me mentally. And so it's tough. And I think, you know, with the university that we're creating, it's that lifeline. It's going to be that lifeline for everybody, regardless of whether you're a parent who has a child who's struggling, whether you're struggling yourself. This this outlet is going to help everybody. We're not saying, oh, yes, we have our groups that we're focusing on right now. Mm-hmm. But if a parent comes to us and say, hey, Michelle, I am struggling with X, Y, and Z, we're going to help you to the best of our ability through our civilian platform, as well as find resources within your community. I am building a huge directory within my B University, so you can come on there and you can find any type of resource you're looking for, from CPAs to candle makers to web designers, you name it, we're going to have it for you because everything impacts our mental health. It's not just one and done. Are you in Arizona? I am in Arizona. Beautiful. Because the wife and I have been talking, and as much as I want to go back to North Carolina where my wife and I were living, you know, she said, she said to me, baby, I'm being pulled in the direction of Arizona. So we had a conversation and she says, where would you want me to find, look for some land, look for, look for a job? I said, between Phoenix and Tucson, because I want to see, I want to see the Southwest. Yeah. So we are heading that way. And when we get settled out there, whether we have to find a place to live for a while while we build our while we build our complex. And, you know, I, I don't want this to be a one interview type thing. I'd love to work with you and have my company work with yours and your foundation work work with the show. And I said, be a spot, be a sponsor of it and advertiser on it and everything. I want this to be a full partnership between us. I do as well. I could see us doing a lot. Like I said, I one of my goals is to be a civilian mental health coach for the NFL. That's my goal. It's gonna. I, I have. It'll probably take a while to get my foot in the door, but I mm-hmm. feel like, as a woman, I can provide a whole new perspective on mental health. Men are phenomenal, but I, with what I've been through, yes, you hear about these stories with the NFL players and some of the mistakes they've made. I would love to teach them my through the eyes of a survivor workshop. It's about Mm -hmm. sharing my story in depth. I've had a lot of positive feedback on it because I do a deep dive on what happened to me and it really opens people's eyes up and how to react to those around them that have been in the same situation as myself. I have surrounded myself with sports long before I became a broadcaster. That's, that's my major, major outlet. Spending time with my wife is another major, major outlet for me. You know, well, we have uh, rabbits out in our barn. Uh, we got uh, we got four kittens that are growing up fast. And I got a little dog, Lucy, you know, spending time, spending time with her doing my programming here has helped. Um, it's a different outlets of different different outlets during the day that that helped me that helped me get through, you know, being a survivor myself, not only of domestic violence, but of cancer. 
I want to be an advocate also uh, for not just for this, but for your foundation, because there are people that survive cancer and don't know what to do. Hey, I'm a walking testament of figuring it out as we as we go along, figuring out, figuring it out on the fly. That's Michelle DeMuria, the woman in charge of the Be Daring Foundation. If you want to know more, go to BBEEDaringFoundation.org. That's BBEEDaringFoundation.org. And not only will you see her, you'll see the whole purpose because our purpose right now, and I will say our purpose, is to erase the stigma of mental health. Michelle, I love you so much. Thank you for coming on today. I appreciate it. And I look forward to working with you a lot more. I look forward to it as well. Thank you. I, if the Cardinals win on on Sunday, I, I won't hold it against you. I, hope <laughs> it against you. I still want to work with you. But, hey, miracles do happen, you know. Yeah, they do. Just <laughs> ask the Buffalo Bills in 93 when they came all the way back and beat the Houston Oilers from yep. 35 to 3 down. Miracles do happen. But yes, we're going to do. do some amazing, amazing things. I look forward to the journey. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this edition of the Brian Snow Show. We'll be back tomorrow at our normal time, which is 3 o'clock Eastern. Now, I got to go see a doctor. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in to the Brian Snow Show, where sports is the base. Life and fun are the results.